You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam, and on this episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam on the Broadway Podcast Network, I am chatting with actress and author Jenna Gavigan who made her Broadway debut alongside Tony Award winner Bernadette Peters in the 2003 revival of Gypsy. Now, Jenna's second theater-inspired novel, The Show Must Go On, will be released on March 31st, so stay tuned. Well, hi, Jenna. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm excited Um, to be here. I love your books. Thank you. I read the, both of them. So the first one is called um, Lulu, the Broadway Mouse, which mm-hmm. came out in 2018. Yes. And now your second book, which is a continuation of the story called The Show Must Go On, is coming out March 31st. And it is, I mean, it is literally like learning and reading all about the backstage antics of what it takes for a show to go on, of someone living their dream. Um, I learned a lot of theater terms that I wasn't as familiar with as others. I really hope I didn't make them up. <laughs> Sometimes I worry that I, <laughs> I'm writing something that isn't actually what other people think a term is. But um, I think we're good. We've had enough theater people read them, and I haven't gotten too many notes. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, they're really great, and they're geared for uh, middle school children. Yeah, middle graders. So they're... That category in the kid lit world is technically third to seventh grade, okay. so eight to twelve year olds. Okay. That said, I always sell it as my friend Joe, who's been in the business for sixty years, um, who he's in his eighties now. He really enjoyed the book, so I feel like <laughs> we're gonna go like eight to eighty-eight. Yes. Or you know, a really strong six or seven year old reader all the way up till uh, so long farewell. I agree that it is a book for all ages because it. I read it in like two hours. I mean, it was super fast reading, but I was also so in, enthralled in it, and, and you're a great writer, and I can't wait to talk about everything. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, but before we get to the book, we just need to get a little intro about you, because for all my new listeners, we want to learn about you. Okay. Okay, so first, who or what inspired you to become an actress and writer? Um, I can't really remember a time that I didn't want to be an actress. I was, I started my life in Brooklyn, New York, um, fourth generation Brooklyner. Um, and I just was performing for my parents and my family at a very, very young age. We have, you know, vit videos, like actual <laughs> videos um, of that. So I don't really, re- and I, I spent a lot of time watching Mary Poppins and Annie and mm. The Sound of Music and, um, you know, Little Mermaid and all of that. Um, so I don't really remember a time that I didn't want to be an actress. Mm-hmm. So I guess we can say, you know, my parents letting me watch those movies when I was young and my mother singing to me when I was a baby, probably that plus genetics pushed me, you know, in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, being a writer, I don't, I was always sort of good at it. I think as far as school, that was something I leaned toward. Mm. Um I didn't actually decide to be a creative writing major until I 
this is a long story, but I started college <laughs> at 18 and then I moved to Los Angeles at 19 for a job. So I didn't finish college until I was 28 mm. um, at Columbia. I did all of my college at Columbia. Um, so when I came back to uh, Columbia at age 25, I had decided to be a creative writing major. And I think where that came from was I took a television writing class at UCLA mm-hmm. while I was in LA. And I think the reason I took that class was because, because my friend Heather Lee, who was in Gypsy with me, who lived in LA and took care of me in LA, um, I think she told me to take that class, so I took it. <laughs> I, I, that's my memory of it. So okay. um, yeah, I think that's how I started becoming interesting in writing as a profession, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not just as a fun subject in school. Well, you do a very good job with it. Thank you. You're welcome. So I do just want to talk about your Broadway debut for a few moments before we get into the book. Okay. So um, you made your Broadway debut in 2003 at age 16 alongside Bernadette Peters in the revival of Gypsy. So, I mean, what was that like? Oh, my God. I mean, you know, it set the bar so ridiculously high. Mm -hmm. Um, It was incredible. It, It was, you know... It was hard as a, I was in junior in high school, so I, during rehearsal, was out of normal school, and I was tutored mostly on the weekends because I was kind of considered an adult member of the cast, Mm. so I didn't get tutored alongside the kid kids. Um, So that was hard, like, balancing all of that, but Mm -hmm. other than that, it was, you know, just a ridiculously dreamy situation. A lot of us are still very close. A lot of oh, the gypsy so nice. cast and crew were at my wedding, and I got married in 2017. Wow. <laughs> and the show closed in 2004. So, you know, we've remained very close. Um, you know, working with her and with Sam Mendes at such a young age, it's, a, a as I said, a very, very high bar. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could... I could write a whole book about it. You, um, <laughs> you should. <laughs> I sort of did. You did. Um, but uh, no, it, it's it was just an extraordinary experience that I'm I'm so so thankful for. It was um, it was the debut that I I didn't even I didn't even expect it to be as wonderful as it as it was. Mm. It, it exceeded my my expectations. Yes, if you can believe it. I I could. Yeah. yeah, it was like everything sort of aligned. I felt like like Jim Carnahan and Sam should have gotten a Tony for casting, mm-hmm. not just for talent, but for people who worked well together. Mm-hmm. Like most of the personalities really meshed well, and um, we all just really liked each other and respected each other. Mm-hmm. And um, at least that's looking back what I think happened. <laughs> um, it's been a while. Um, so yeah, it was it was wonderful. That's amazing, dreamy. And my other my other favorite person who was in that show is Julie Halston. Oh yes, yes. Um, she is one of my favorite people yes. on the planet for sure. Yeah. I had dinner with her last week or the week before, Aww. and I was at her PFF benefit, and um, she's the best. She is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I I've interviewed her several times over the years, but twice for my podcast, and she's always just so much fun and so energetic, and she does such good things for for people and the Broadway community it's she it's really incredible. she really cares she yeah. really does care about her work yes. and um if she's in your cast your cast will be happier yes definitely I think it's definitely a log line for Julie Austin <laughs> <laughs> um okay so 
prior to making your Broadway debut at age 16, you started auditioning at age 11. Yes, I was. I think it was the summer leading into the sixth grade. So, what's? I mean, what what's those five years like, where you're auditioning, 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 and uh, like you mentioned um, uh, in your bio, you didn't like book. Yeah, a lot of those. I mean, that that time of my life really informed the Lulu series because the little girls in that in the Lulu books are around the same age I was then. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, for some reason, so that was, I, I'm totally telling my age, whatever. Um, uh, so that was 1997, 1998, I guess that season. Mm-hmm. There were like four shows that year with little girls in them. Mm. I, I don't know what was going on that year, but it was just like back to back. Sound of Music, A Christmas Carol, which at that time was on all the time. Mm. Wait Until Dark, High Society, and then I think... The following season started with Bernadette's Annie Get Your Gun. Mm. So it was just like callback after callback, all of that. And then this time it's going to be it. This time I'm going to get it. <laughs> Didn't get it. Um, and then The Sound of Music, they would have replacement auditions. Mm. And I would go in thinking, okay, this is it. And then I didn't get it. And then I went in for the tour and didn't get it. <laughs> um, but always just so painfully close. Mm-hmm. Um and you know what? Looking back, I'm glad I didn't. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could say that if, now if I if I had gotten them. I'm sure mm-hmm. I would be happy that. But I'm glad I wasn't out of school then. I think that's a really important time to be in school mm-hmm. and be somewhat normal in quotes. Um, <laughs> and like I said, Gypsy was the dreamiest, most perfect debut I could have imagined. So. It was very much worth waiting for. It sounds ridiculous to say worth waiting for when I made my debut at 16. Right. It doesn't sound like there was much of a wait. But to be rejected at 11 repeatedly mm-hmm. back to back is um, is really hard. Yeah. And, it, and it continued. There were quite a few shows between uh, my first ever Broadway audition, which was The Sound of Music, up until Gypsy. There were, you know, years of auditions, not just for theater, but for television and mm-hmm. film. And... Um, even not getting a voiceover hurts. You know what yeah, I mean? Like well, sure. when you're, especially when you're younger, like everything feels like it's personal. And then mm-hmm. when you get older, you realize that is completely not the case. Right. Um, but it was emotionally really, really hard. But I feel like by the time I turned 18, I was rejected more times work-wise than most people are in their entire <laughs> life. So it, it kind of like sets you up as a human being to you know, process things, I think, a, a little bit yes, better. Yes, yeah. Well, it also sets you up for to write about a mouse wanting to yes, make a Broadway exa- debut. Yes, that's like the exact <laughs> thing that most people do after not getting a bunch of Broadway shows. They're like, I should write about a tiny mouse. Exactly. Yeah. Which l- leads to moving into your writing. Um, so we're, so we're going to talk about first your first book, Lulu the Broadway Mouse. Um, And I love all the behind the scenes stories and trying to pick out who, who, as you're describing each of the characters, who who could they be modeled after on Broadway? Um, And I mean, you don't have to confirm anything, (laughs) but I I certainly had my picks in there. Some characters are 100% fictional and some are very much modeled off of usually not just one person, but sort of combinations of people. Yes, yeah. yes. 
Well, I love, well, I love both books. Thank but um, in the first book, um, so here, I mean, you made your, your Broadway debut in 2003, and you wrote this, this Lulu the Broadway Mouse came out in 2018. Mm -hmm. So when did you decide, I'm going to write a book about Broadway? I had, so I don't think this is a secret, because when I saw Bernadette in Hello, Dolly, she mentioned that they still had a mouse in the Schubert. So I, I don't <laughs> think this is a secret. But, you know, we had some, we had some mice backstage during Gypsy, um, I remember one time in the female dressing room, we had this big garbage can, and we came in, and a, there had been bites taken out of, like, a giant Toblerone oh my God. bar kind of thing. Um, I think I might have a picture of it. But we had these m mice, and they weren't, like, they seemed like they had, they wanted to help. Mm -hmm. Like, they had notes for you or something. <laughs> um, they seemed like they had personalities, and, you know, I grew up in the suburbs, so if there were mice around, I didn't know they were. Right. Um, so I was a little like, oh my God, there are mice around. Like I would see them running on the wardrobe room, like in the um, on the water pipe. So I remember even at the time thinking, they're 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 here to help. Like they want to help make the costumes. They want to give us notes. That's what this is about. So I always, since then, I had the idea for Lulu. I don't quite know how she got her name. I think it's because my goddaughter's name is Luna, and we call her mm. Lulu, and she's almost ten now. Um, but so that idea was swirling around in my head for a really long time. And then I took my last semester at Columbia, which was the summer of 2014. I took a class on writing children's books. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was more picture books. Um, so, you know, very short, 500 words or whatever. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll write Lulu. Um, and... I very quickly realized through, you know, meeting the woman who became my eventual agent, and I very quickly realized that Lulu was not meant for a picture book. She needed a lot more time yes. and words. Um, so I did a play called Straight um, in this, the winter and spring of 2016 off Broadway at the Acorn, and it was so wonderful, and I wish it was still running. and. When it was over, I was like, I'm going to actually sit down and write this book mm. as a middle grade book because I just can't handle not being in the theater again. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, so it felt like it was an idea that I had for so long, but I needed to wait until the right time to mm -hmm. actually write it. Um, and then I got very lucky. Someone bought it very quickly. And so from sitting down to write it to it being actually like in my hand in bookstores was just a little over two years, wow. which was awesome that's incredible yeah well it, it reads very well it's it's a fun read it's a it's a fast read um and like i said earlier i just i love all the all the theater references and not only like what happens behind the scenes but also you mentioned so many landmarks within the theater district um you know you talk about amy's bread which that yellow cake with pink frosting is the most delicious thing it's ever. really good yeah yeah, I love it. And it's just nice to read as you're reading to know if places you're talking about. It makes it, it certainly draws me in more. Thank you. So you're welcome. Um, I, so I do want to talk a little bit more about the first book because there's two lines in there that I just, I absolutely adore. So my favorite line in Lulu the Barbie Mouse is, the puzzle pieces of our lives don't make sense until they're all put together. Mm-hmm. 
So what do you feel are the puzzle pieces of your life that got put together? I mean, I'm okay, so um, I'm pregnant. Uh, so I'm sitting here, you know, four-ish, a little over four months pregnant, married. I have these books coming out. Ten years ago, I was like, what's got to happen? You know, like that kind of, like, especially being in show business, I think the ups and downs are just so extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And you have moments of just feeling like, well, I will never work again. I am yeah. certain of it. Um, or you're, you know, dating someone and like, what is this? Or you don't. I lived in Los Angeles for a while and then moving back to New York, I really wanted to do, but it just felt so scary. And mm. um, so I think, you know, when you have the moments in your, by no means are all the pieces of my life like working precisely the way I wish they were working of right course. now. But I think when you have those times where you're like, okay, things feel like they're fitting. Mm -hmm. um, you look back at when they weren't and you're able to, sort of say to your younger self, like, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And when you are younger or any age and your friends are like, it's going to be okay, they're they're generally going to be right. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, but especially all of this stuff with becoming an author, it just was so not in the game plan. Mm. And I'm so glad it all happened. Um, but if you had asked me when I was doing Gypsy what my life would look like at my age now, I would be like, oh, I'm in a Broadway show. Like that was just, I <laughs> mm -hmm. wouldn't even, even thought of all the television and film I've done. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't think I had ever lived in LA. Um, I would never think I was an author. Uh, so it's, you know, kind of being open to those, those detours. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think you kind of can't see everything until you're able to to take a take a step back. It's almost like like focusing the camera yes. too. <laughs> yes. Um, of you know really being able to see and what it is. So remind me, I said all this, you know, in ten years I'll be able to look back in <laughs> a different way and like reevaluate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, the, sometimes the detours are some of the most fun parts of of your of your life and career. Yeah, I mean, if everything was you know went completely according to plan mm -hmm. or everything was easy i don't know if things would feel quite as great when they happen mm -hmm. no um, it's true i think especially in show business you know when you've spent chunks of time unemployed or you've had so many close calls back to back to back when you actually do get that job and it winds up being such a great job be mm -hmm. it for one day or a year mm -hmm. um it makes it more weighty, yes. you know? Yeah, I mean, I, if, if, if everything went how I thought it was gonna go, I would be this big stand-up comedian. But since that didn't go well, I got my website and now my podcast. So, yeah. and I love, I love it more than I could have imagined. Exactly, yeah, you just have to be kind of open to the, I use this, this little term all the time and I'm sure I stole it from someone else, but, um, <laughs> like follow the green lights. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of us, and I certainly in my 20s did this, like I was like trying to run yellows into reds all the time. <laughs> like just like, no, 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 but this, the, and it was like, no, 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 but there's a green light over there or that door is wide open. Mm -hmm. Why don't you walk through that door? Um, so that's kind of what I did with Lulu. It was mm. like, okay, this is making sense right now. Mm -hmm. So instead of pushing for all this stuff that isn't really feeling like it wants me to push it. 
I'm going to go over here where <laughs> it's like there's no traffic and I can, you know, this is all a very mixed metaphor, but. No, but, um, it, but it's true. I mean, you might as well go where, like you said, there is no traffic, where there is a road to walk down that you could, that gives you some breath. and Yeah. 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 Where it's not so much of a hustle mind mess yes. all the time. Yes. yes. Okay, so my other favorite line in your first book is uh, my moment, my magic, my miracle. Mm, that's at the end of the book. It is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what what in your life would correlate to those lines? I mean, I think... Uh, I, so I was an understudy in Gypsy. I understudied Kate Rinders. Excuse me. I didn't mean to mispronounce your name. Kate Rinders. Um, and... I knew the first time I was going on as June, she, I think she was away for a wedding. So like it was in her contract. Like I knew ahead of time that I was going on. It wasn't like mm-hmm. she had a sore throat and I was like thrown right. out. Um, so my family was able to be there. Mm. Paul Newman was there my first show, which was so cool oh my because God. my grandma was sitting behind Paul Newman and that was like, you know, the, <laughs> the end of the world. Um, was she paying more attention to Paul I Newman? I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. I was focused on my job. But, um, it, you know, I wasn't looking at Paul Newman, but I think he was in the fourth row or something, so wow. we could all probably see him. But um, I remember, like, you know, I don't remember much of that first show. I remember mm. the going on for, like, the trenches, the transition from kid to adult. Mm. Um, and then I remember exiting after if mama was married and just feeling such a sense of like oh my god all of that all of that since not just age 11 but all the dance classes and all the voice lessons and all of that was worth it for that last you know hour basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) um that june's on stage um and there are certain you know entrances that she makes that are just so because she's so like epic in Mm -hmm. her (laughs) that she's the kind of star of their little show um, there are certain moments. I mean, singing Broadway, Broadway on Broadway is kind of insane. Yeah. Um, and it kind of does, you know, you don't want to like overplay what being a performer is. It's playing dress up for a living. That's yes. what it is. Mm-hmm. But when you achieve something that you've been working for, it kind of does feel like a miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that uh, that's something that I... I think of when I when I think of that line just that sort of like oh my god that little girl got what she wanted Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of cool that's wonderful thanks (laughs) okay so before we get to the second book we're going to take a quick little break from the questions we're going to play a game okay the new 2023 Ford Escape is the perfect getaway car featuring an available 13.1 inch center stack screen 360-degree camera, and Bang & Olufsen sound system and spatial flexibility for extra legroom. The new 2023 Ford Escape. Learn more at Ford.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, 
you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so you are a big fan of The Sound of Music. Yes. So this game is called These Are a Few of My Favorite Things. Great. So (laughs) I'm going to list some of your favorite things the general categories, and you're going to tell me some specifics about them. Okay. Okay. So I know you love to do laundry. I really do. Which is an amazing <laughs> thing. Um, so what's your favorite laundry detergent? Okay, I use this mo- laundry detergent called Molly's Suds. It's a powder, oh. and it's very eco-friendly, and I'm pretty sure it's a woman-run company. Um, so it's small business, supporting small business. And... It's awesome. It works really well. You're not lug- like I live in a building where I have laundry in the basement. Mm-hmm. So if you're like lugging this giant thing of Tide or whatever, right. it adds to the weight. I'm you know before I was pregnant it was like a hundred pounds. <laughs> so um, that you know for me to just carry this little bag is great. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. I also oh t- pro tip. Yeah. Um, where it says fabric softener, I put uh-huh. white vinegar. Oh. And that works really nicely. Interesting. And there's no chemicals. Mm. And yes. And it smells good. And it's, it winds up smelling great. You don't smell like vinegar. No, no, no. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Because that could be lead that to other problems. That could be also problems. gross. Yeah. 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 Um, you love cheese. Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite cheese? Oh, God. I don't think I could pick. <laughs> I really don't. What are your top three? I would say like a melty, like brie adjacent mm. type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love brie. I know. A really good, okay, here comes my Brooklyn Italian, mozzarella. Mm. That's how I say mozzarella. Um, a really good, like fresh mozzarella. Mm-hmm. And there's this cheese that my mom sometimes gets around Christmas that looks like a like a cheddar like blue or gorgonzola in one wheel. It's oh. like it almost looks like a piece of cake. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what that's called, but that's really yummy. But oh. truly, I have never met a piece of cheese that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe also that leads to hence about Lulu because yes, nice love cheese too. Yes, yes. it just works out yes, very nicely. It does. Yeah. Uh, favorite wine? <laughs> Anything right now. Um, <laughs> It really depends on the season. Mm-hmm. In the winter, I really like a nice, heavy red, mm. like a Barolo or something. But in the summer, I like a little rosé, mm. maybe even something with like a little bit of a sparkle to it. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing too sweet. Can't okay. do sweet wine. Okay. No, no. Well, then we would not be good wine drinkers. No? No, I love Moscato. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but it's all right. I mean, I also like Malbec. Then we don't have to share. That's true. We can each have our own bottle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, favorite candle scent? Ooh. Um, I've been trying to only burn, like, really clean candles, so I've just been... There's a... What is it called? Brooklyn... I think it's Brooklyn Candle Company... And I think they have something called Love Potion. Okay. That's really good. Um, I, my friend Chandra always burns a red currant candle. Mm. I think that that's the... Yeah. 
Um, so I love that smell because it reminds me of her. She doesn't live here anymore. Um, I li- and it's a nice, really nice smell. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, since you love babies, mm-hmm. favorite baby names? Well, I'm not going to tell because we're having a baby. <laughs> um, other you know, people's baby other names? Other people's babies. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My friends have the cutest. I, my friend Sophie's kid's na- daughter's name is Eleanor, which I just think mm. is the cutest name for a little girl. Um, Sarah Jane, who did Gypsy with us, her kids' names are Harper, Penelope, and Ford. Oh, I love Which are that. so cute. Um, you know a name I love, but we're not going to name the baby this because it doesn't go with my husband's name, is Hadley. Oh. Which was Hemingway's first wife's name, I believe. And I think I read a book about her, and I was like, Hadley, this is a cool name, but won't will not work okay so someone else but that please, is a cool name someone yes. with like a really basic last name please take badly <laughs> yeah i love it um favorite broadway show oh my god i could never pick i mean there would have to be like categories of favorites i really do i i not just because i was in it i really do gypsy think gypsy is wonderful partially because if you pulled out the spectacular score it would still work mm-hmm. which i think is kind of triumphant yes. for a musical um Right now, Hades Town, I would say, is my favorite mm, thing mm-hmm. right now. Um, I love Hairspray. I love yes. Spamalot. I love the classics, like South Pacific at Lincoln Center. Mm-hmm. That revival was just... Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. I mean, as you can tell from how many no. Broadway names Lulu drops in the book, like, I have a lot that I like. A million. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. Yeah. I know. I think I actually I did make a list of all the. I was like, I, I was like, I, ha- I have to go to a new note. One okay, so I don't really, I don't really like reading reviews for anything, but I, you know, how can you not? And um, one woman wrote, I can't remember where it was, but she was like, she didn't finish the book because she, the only, the only musical she recognized in it was Frozen or something, and instead of being mad at her, I was like, oh my god, girl, like we have to get you to some shows because yes. I mentioned. Shows like Hamilton and Mary Poppins yes. and Annie. Annie, like if we're only recognizing Frozen, like I think we need to listen to some some cast albums yes. or something. So I hope she's listening and she, you know, listens to the Bro- the Broadway Podcast <laughs> Network and um and all, all the Broadway channels and like gets going. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, off Broadway show favorite. Um, recently, I really loved Mary Jane at New York Theater Workshop. Mm. I really did. I hope they find a way to move that. I thought that was so well written. Yeah, that's the one that pops into my head. Okay. Um, I mean, I love Straight that I was in. A Strange Loop last season was great. Oh, uh uh-huh. Yeah. That was really good. Um, I'm trying to think if I've seen any. Oh, I mean, I just saw Jonathan Groff and I worked together in... Um, at North Shore in 2005 in fame. Um, and I just saw Little Shop and Tammy so, Blanchard oh was out that night, oh. which made me very sad because obviously we did Gypsy together. Yes. But, um, that was fantastic. Such a fun show. I don't think I'd ever seen anything in the West Side Theater before. Oh, wow. And it was just so, so fabulous. Yes. And I'd never seen Little Shop on stage before. Oh, wow. So oh, yeah. that was fabulous yeah it's, yeah, yeah, yeah it's really fun yeah yeah i love it um all right well that's the game oh great so okay thank, thank you for playing <laughs> uh okay so now let's talk about your second book 
the show must go on, which comes out March 31st. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, was our first Gypsy preview. It was really? March 31st. Oh so my God. I guess technically that's my Broadway debut. Yes. Technically. Yes. That's so, so exciting. Puzzle what, pieces of life falling, falling together. Toge- yes. yes. So now this book is all about Lulu after she makes her Broadway debut. And in this book, she unfortunately gets the word the show might be closing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not giving anything away because that's part of the PR. It is, it is. <laughs> yes, so I don't feel is. like I'm spoiling no, anything. No, I know. It's very hard to give the premise of the book without yes. ruining yes, <laughs> the plot exactly, of the first book. Exactly, yeah. But you have to read the book to find out whether or not the show closes. Sure, yes. yes, 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 yes. So what can you tell us about writing this book? And maybe I'll just give you some of the other questions just so you could yeah, yeah, yeah. so was it was it easier than the first one um what did you learn from writing lulu the broadway mouse that informed writing the show must go on and um, oh, oh yeah, sorry. sorry and what did what did you get to put in this book that you wish you could have done with the first book well, I made sure that I put schmackeries in there yes because i felt <laughs> like even though amy's bread is still fabulous i was being a little outdated with my <laughs> Midtown dessert <laughs> moment. So I had to put Schmackeries in. Um, so there's like a whole chapter that Schmackeries is the star. Yes, there is. Um, it was a little, so I, I sold the second book kind of based on an outline and a, f- a few chapters. Mm-hmm. So I, I when I was writing it, someone had bought it. So wow. writing a book based, knowing that someone, like, that you are being paid to write it, and mm-hmm. that it is going to be in the bookstores, definitely um, lights a fire. That said, I wrote the first one very quickly. I I was very motivated in a very different way f- for that, um, but I wrote it not knowing that it would ever become a a real book. Um, and the second book, I had to turn around very quickly. So basically, 2019 mm. was writing the book, and then rounds of edits, and then. You know, the last kind of few rounds are basically just reading it. Oh, and I read it out loud, like reading it over and over and over again to make sure that you haven't spelled anything wrong, to Mm -hmm. make sure you're happy with this being locked forever. Um, So 2019 was definitely mostly what I did was write and edit this book. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned things as far as I think I got to the I got to the action a bit faster mm-hmm. in the second book because in the first book I kind of had to lay the groundwork of what this community is. Yes. Um, so I think the second book maybe like functions at a bit of a higher speed mm-hmm. than the first one does. Yes, I would say I would say you do get to the intricacies of it a lot quicker because, like you said, in the first book you you do spend a lot of time setting up what everything in the theater is, which I will say as a reader really helps and helps frame where everything's coming from. So I think that is wonderful. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, okay, so now I have to quote some of my favorite lines in okay. the second book. <laughs> so my f- favorite line in The Show Must Go On is, plenty of things never happened until they did. That's in the first book, too. It is. It is. It is. Well, we, re- I didn't we wanna... reused that one because it was so good. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to use it from the first one. I wanted to save thank it for you. the second one. No, no, one. no. It's a. You get. But you get an A for you, both. Both thank usages. You. Thank you. Um, so, what are some things that um, have happened to you that you thought never would? I don't know if I thought never would, but like, I mean, I'm the first female 
my cousin Augie went to Princeton, but I'm the first female in my family to go to an Ivy League college. Wow. And, you know, coming from, you know, Irish immigrants and then Italian immigrants to all turn of the century kind of situation, like, I, I, ho- I w- hope that they thought, you know, they would have a descendant who went to an Ivy League school and performed on Broadway, but mm-hmm. I don't even know if they were thinking that far ahead. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of like to think of them, you know, like making sure there was food on the table, <laughs> cut to me, you know, a hundred years later, like dancing with the cow and, you know, crying yes. on television for money. Um, <laughs> so, but I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, that that plenty of things never happened till they did, like continues to ring in my head, especially when I go to schools and visit kids who... Mm-hmm have all these dreams, um, you really like shy of like flying with no (laughs) equipment. (laughs) You know, it feels like anything can actually happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a nice place to be, especially as a young person. I hope that while they know nothing's gonna happen just because they want it to happen, they have to work at it. Um, I hope that, you know, kids are, are, operating under the under that possibility Mm -hmm. you know with that sort of as their mantra of like plenty of things never happened until they did like you could be the first person in you know your family to be a brain surgeon Mm -hmm. you could be like whatever it is that you you know that you want to do um so yeah i it's a nice little i kind of want to like put it on a t-shirt or something yes yes well the second favorite line in the book um, sort of leads right off of what you were just saying. Um, You say anything is possible. Well, what are some things you still want to achieve? Oh, um, I want to write more books. Mm -hmm. I would like to be on Broadway again. Um, I would like to write on a television series Mm. slash run a television series. Mm slash create a television series. Um, I would like Lulu to be more than a book series. I would like mm-hmm. her to be a movie or be a TV show or if Julie Tamar wants to come in and magically, <laughs> you know, make <laughs> make Lulu work as a Broadway show, please do. Um, I, there are a lot of things. I But yeah, I mean, work-wise, those are the sort of things right now. And then there are, you know... There are just the smaller goals of just consistently working as an actor that sound small but really aren't. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, or consistently working as an artist now that I'm not only an actor. Right. Um, yeah. Those are good. Those are good things to want to yeah. achieve. Yeah. And I could see I could see Lulu being uh, like a TV show, or or a film or or Thanks. something. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Do you think there'll be a third installment? I of hope the Lulu so. Series? I yeah. We have we have a sort of treatment ready for it so please buy all the lulu one and two books so a third one can come um yeah i hope so and i hope to also write completely other books that don't have anything to do with the theater or lulu oh terrific um but i have been kind of sucked into lulu's world for the last year yes well two years they're very fun so i do hope i do hope it continues thank you all right, well, we are already at the end of the interview. Oh, my goodness. I know. So I always end my interviews playing off of the title of my podcast, Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. 
So if you were to bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you have not talked about in a previous interview, what would you share with me today? So when I moved to L.A., I, I, I moved very quickly. I was on a TV show that got picked up. And um, I had never been to L.A., so my friend Heather Lee, who was in Gypsy, uh, was, and she's very good at, you know, making things work. Mm-hmm. And um, so she found me a place to live. So I lived with now Tony nominee Beth Malone. Oh, my God. And her wife, Shelly, and their two dogs and a cat. And I lived in their guest house in the valley. And it was really awesome. And they their dogs and cat would, like, scratch on my door in the morning, make sure I was okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's funny. Like, looking back, wow. you're like, yeah. That's incredible. Tony nominee Beth Malone. It really was a fun home. It really was. (laughs) It really was. It was, yeah, it was, it was lovely. It was a wonderful way to start my life in LA with them. That is wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. You're welcome. And I know everybody listening is going to get your second book, The Show Must Go On, when it comes out March 31st. But if you have not read Lulu, The Broadway Mouse, go to Amazon.com right now and get it because it's so much fun. And also maybe go to, um, your small bookstores. Oh, yes. Go to an independent bookstore. Go to an independent bookstore. Yes. Really go wherever you like to buy your books. But we we here in New York City especially have so many fabulous small bookstores. We do. Yes. Yes. Support the independent. Please do. Yes. And March 31st, March 31st, let me get that enunciated better, go get The Show Must Go On. And you're going to love it because I loved both books. They're just such a fast read, so much fun, and it really makes you feel like you're at a Broadway show, yet you're in the comfort of your own home. Exactly. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story, for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him, had him, made for the business of show. Call me Adam.com. Thanks for listening. For more Call Me Adam interviews, visit callmeadam.com and follow me on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at callmeadamnyc.